What's up guys, T-Lux here, and as you guys will probably know, I didn't make that weekday pod, the week uh, weekday podcast, so this is going to be a very lengthy podcast, because usually I have like the 50 minute podcast, you know, um, with the weekday podcast as well, and this one doesn't have the weekday podcast, so I have a lot of stuff to talk about, um, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about, I'm not sure how long this will be, it may not be that long, um, because this, you know, I, I just did kind of the news of, you know, uh, this one week, so I, be, I believe that's like 1, 11, 11, 16 to 11, 23, something like that, so that's just the news, but um, anyway, we're gonna get straight into this, we're just gonna stop talking, and um, as you guys do know, I ended this, I ended last week's podcast talking about um, the Boston Celtics and whether I believe if they are legit or not. That, that was my podcast. Like um, I told you guys, I, you know, whether they play the Suns and the Clippers, I'd make a podcast immediately after that. I didn't have a lot of time. So we ended up kind of coming here and this is what I'm going to be doing. So what I'll, all I have to say is that I do believe now uh, one week later, I, I was able to watch like three of their games. I do believe that the Boston Celtics of the Eastern Conference Finals are a legit team in the East. Now, again, it still sounds like I'm a hater, but just trust me. Right now, what I've seen from them is they beat the Suns without Rubio. Rubio is a really, 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 like, key factor. He's, you know... Uh, like kind of like the missing piece of the Suns, he kind of allows Booker to go off ball, allows Booker to not have to you know dribble as you know um, frequently, and he's just a better player for the offense of the you know because they scored 85 uh, 85 points on the Celtics. And I don't think the Celtics are this great of a team, um, great of a defensive team. It's not even like that, although they are. Um, it's not even about that. It's more just about how look how their production goes so low. Like look look at their production how it just falls down so much once they lose Ricky Rubio and I mean can you blame them they're losing a guy that's averaging eight you know seven eight nine assists a game you know in the double digits often you know so like they're losing that guy you know quite frequently you know you'd expect um their production to go you know downhill so you know, I said I was going to measure that game, but the fact that they just didn't have Ricky Rubio, I don't really know how the Suns match up. Like, they're 8-7, and seven and, like, they have lost, like, three games in a row, like the Suns. So, and they barely beat the Timberwolves, you know, yesterday. So, um, what I have to say about that is that this was not a Suns, you know, a very healthy Suns team. And it kind of shows in how much, you know, what they were able to produce on the offensive end. Because it's not like the Celtics were even scoring that much. They scored, they I don't know if they hit 100, they scored, like, 99 points. So, it was a low scoring game you know for both teams but i just think that i can't really measure the celtics on that game so i just took it off that's why i didn't make a podcast that game even though they beat them i i just didn't make it because it just wasn't legit then they go play the clippers and then the clippers have their own problems as well because they're a fresh team this is the first game with Kawhi and pg and everyone says they're gonna get better but you know they're not gonna get better this game because there's just there's so many other touches you know there's so many uh things that they have to learn like who's gonna spread the touches because it's not just like because right now they're playing at uh, Kawhi's averaging 29 off of those touches with lou will and montres harrell now he's gonna have to share the ball a little bit more and i'm not saying his production level is just gonna go 24 you know to tw- from 29 points to like 22 points a game or i think he's averaging like 27 but it's not gonna go from like there to like 20 points a game of course not but i'm just saying you can see them not being able to mesh as clearly and um what is it co- cohesively like it, they just didn't look as much of a unit as the boston celtics did and they still lost to the clippers but don't like don't don't take that with like um as a hater they still looked amazing because they they played the los angeles clippers with Kawhi and pg in the fourth quarter and almost won and like 
that's why I don't I do believe that like that game showed me that the Boston Celtics are legit because let me tell you this <clears throat> they played like you could say okay all, like first three quarters sure they were playing you know this weird you know team that is has, has no cohesiveness you know they just don't they look awkward on offense they have no uh, playmaker and all that you could say all that but come fourth quarter these players are they're hooping these players are professionals these players are perennial superstars not all-stars superstars top three mvp candidates every single year if they tried their hardest like um that's how good you know these players are and this is the fourth quarter this isn't about cohesiveness in the fourth quarter this is about superstar ability and the los angeles clippers had Kawhi leonard paul george lou williams out there and they were still able to you know almost and sure okay it does have to do with cohesiveness just a bit okay but like i'm just saying the celtics played good they played amazing they you know they had the role players did well you know players like marcus smart you know the the huge role players like marcus smart you know the huge role players like that they were able to you know stop montrez you know whether you know they played good defense on montrez or not they were able to keep him under and keep him steady they kept Kawhi to like 16 points um actually no didn't wait did they i'm not sure but um i, I believe so he didn't score that much but you know uh they, they were leading in the fourth quarter at times you know um they never just and the thing that uh one of my friends you know uh, what uh, actually you guys know him yosef the one he's a clipper fan but the one thing that he did say that points out the celtics like um beautifully excuse me the one thing he did say that points celtics out beautifully is that they never seem to crack under the pressure they always seemed fine they, they always seemed fine they they would always get a bucket they, maybe if they allow like a 5-0 run 6-0 run they'd come back with their own little spurt you know they'd, they'd always come back they'd always come back and like they they just never seemed to crack like i said they never seemed to crumble they just always were coming back and that's what i did notice though like in all the quarters because it wasn't just like you know oh back and forth back and forth back and forth for like three quarters the clippers took their leads the celtics took their leads and both these teams showed why they were great they showed resiliency and they they, they, they would go on their own run they would start you know clamping down on defense and both these teams showed why they're great and yeah we still have a lot to see from the clippers because uh, i believe from that Celtics games they, they played one more game with paul george and Kawhi. i believe i'm not sure actually though they might not have played yet i actually i or they played yesterday they played the rockets so they've played two games and you know that's not enough sample size to see how they're looking but obviously they're gonna look vicious because they're the, they're the los angeles clippers and they have uh the top three mvp candidate last year and the finals mvp in Kawhi leonard so they're obviously gonna look fine but yeah um to recap that i have to say that like that was the game that made me say like yeah the the boston celtics are legit because watching marcus smart play that defense watching jason tatum get a bucket after a bucket even when kemba was struggling to see the resiliency to see the team effort and the team chemistry that they had because it wasn't just kemba walker they you know it wasn't just their superstar the superstar was struggling and they were still able to hoop and the celtics by far didn't have a good game because kemba didn't play well but the clippers also are new so you know there was a lot of grain of salt things but in the fourth quarter uh, and even like what i said when they came back on those runs and those spurts they really showed me what they could do as a team and that's why i'm able to call them one of the better teams in the east they will be top three this year and i believe it easily and it's not just because oh yeah they're, they're second third in the, the east already i'm just saying they were first and they could i could see them being in first you know down the stretch and right now uh this is just a quick you know like um 
uh, like a side note, but no one is talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks are 13 and three in the East, and they've beat teams like the Clippers. Yeah, they didn't have Kawhi, but I'm just saying that they beat teams like that. You know, they beat the Blazers. Um, I don't know who else they beat, but you know it's in the East, so they probably played some bot teams. Like I know they played the Bulls a couple days ago and like the Hawks, but um, they've played some teams, you know, and. What I've seen from them is, you know, I like what I what I'm seeing from them. They're looking really, really nice. And what I do have to say though is, I don't believe that it will translate to the playoffs. And again, I I always sound like a hater on this podcast, but I don't believe. And it's not just because I know that the West is gonna win because the West is gonna win no matter unless it's like an injury or something. The West is gonna win. It it just is. They have too many stars there. Like when you look at the Bucks, they have one star. When you see the Raptors, they have one, maybe two stars. Now Kyle Lowry, we'll see how he's doing this year. Um, you know, the Raptors. I see. I feel like they're a better playoff team. Honestly, they have. They're more well-rounded. They don't have to rely on one star. You know, um, they don't have to because they have Van Fleet. They can, you know, give the ball to Siakam. They can get the ball. You know, there's random spurts where Ibaka can get the ball. You know, Kyle Lowry can get can give you 25 on any given night if he wants to. You know, and I think they're just a more rounded, more more well-rounded team. I feel like with the Bucks, it's just you know get it to Giannis maybe Chris Middleton will give you 22 23 points you know Eric Bledsoe he can do his thing sometimes uh, I know he dropped like 30 two days ago so maybe he steps up this year but they need something else you know Brooke Lopez maybe but they need something else that is just missing and I feel like it's a star because Chris Middleton's not going to cut in and I also feel like their loss in Malcolm Brogdon was really really big they they they, they lost a lot with Malcolm Brogdon, and I know they did that so they can sign Chris Middleton. And all I have to say is that was just a terrible move by the Bucks. I'd rather keep a 26-year-old that, you know, is a, a part of the 50-40-90 club. I think I've talked about this before, and I've talked about it with Yosef before. But no one, I don't think anyone, like, r- truly understands and grips, like, the the idea of a 50 40 90 and how monumental that is like i don't i couldn't give you i don't know how many nba players are in the nba like like overall like um throughout like all the years but all i could say is that there's only like seven eight players that are a part of the 50 40 90 club and malcolm brogdon is one of them one out of seven out of what like I, i don't know like thousands of nba players so like it's it's you have a 50 40 90 kid and you choose to let him go let him walk to sign some all-star that really you know i feel like he's reached his cap to be honest he's reached his limit you know he's reached his wall his ceiling like he's he's 20 what 6 25 no i'm pretty sure he's older i'm not even sure but he's 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 at his peak, in, in in my opinion, he's at his peak, and you, you did that, and now you're seeing this opportunist, opportunist, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, and sure, you know, he's a lone wolf there, averaging 22 points, like 10 assists, but you could have got that from, you know, he, you know, on the Bucks, and if you just let Middleton walk, because Middleton, I feel like, I, I can't even say anything. Middleton has reached his peak. Uh, That's all I have to say. And I'm sorry for that weird noise. I have no idea what that was. I was like, I stopped talking right now. Because I was like checking what that noise is. Like I was so confused. But um, my bad guys. I don't know what just happened right now. Like my software just started bugging. So I like, (laughs) I'm so confused. But 
yeah, I believe Middleton did hit his peak and they shouldn't have tried to re-sign him to the max next year or whatever. Or I think it's this year. I'm not sure though. I think it was this year. But I, I don't think they should have did that. It was a terrible move and I think they should have, you know, just went with Brogdon and let him be their future. Him and Giannis and Bledsoe. And then they have like those extra role players. But I feel like the Bucks in the playoffs, they just won't translate. They don't have enough role players, I believe. And it's, it's a lot about role players because your superstars are going to do their thing. And when they don't do their thing, that's when you rely on role players as well. Because role players, you need great role players. You're not going to win in the NBA without good role players for a playoff postseason, you know, series. You're not going to win without, you know, key pieces like Sean Livingston, like Andre Iguodala, you know, like Festus Azili. You know, and you can say that they're not good over like individually or whatever, but as a role player, they know their role and they know they're like Marcus Smart. He'll never be a top hundred player, will he? Maybe I'm not. I haven't like made a whole list. He might make it, but like I'm just saying, he might. He he'll never make the top fifty list of an NBA. You know, uh, NBA list. He'll never be a top fifty NBA player, but a, a top fifty role NBA role NBA player. Yes, he will. He will be you know in the top five with that because that's how good he is as a role player. You know, Lou Williams. Same with him, but except he's probably will be a top. Nah, I don't know actually. Eh, I don't know. I haven't made the list. I don't know. I really don't know. But um, you know, players like uh, like that, you know, they just know their role and they know what they have to, you know, provide day in and day out, and that's what makes them so good to a team and team success. So I just believe that the Bucks don't have enough of that, and that was just a tangent. And then on back to the Celtics though, like I said, just the residency. Just what, you know, the team chemistry I saw from them, you know, they, they had a, their superstar, their leader, you know, struggling in um, Kemba Walker, and they were still able to, you know, pull up, pull it through and, you know, try to, you know, make a comeback. And, you know, they were close. They were really close, you know. Um, but yeah, just that. And then they played the Nuggets, but Kemba, you know, broke his neck and all that. So, are he, what do you get a neck sprain? But yeah, eh, I don't really grade that because it was, it was against the Nuggets, but... It was legit without Kemba. You know, there's a difference between having an absent Kemba and having literally an absent Kemba. You know, like if you just have like an absent Kemba in a game, you know, teams are still gonna look at him. They're not just gonna let him shoot threes. But when you legit don't have Kemba, you know, Jason Tams look just looked at now. Jalen Brown is just looked at now. You know, Marcus Smart is just looked at now. You know, they can't get those. You know, you know those. Um, they can't show resiliency now at this point because they're actually lacking a player. You know, because there's a difference between presence, <laughs> like having a, some type of presence. You know, like. I didn't expect that, and they almost won that game too. So I, I don't, I'm, I like that. Just uh, I can't speak, but that just proves to why I believe that they're even more legit because that legit is. Um, they almost beat the Denver Nuggets, who are third in the NBA right now in standing wise, third in the NBA, and they almost lost to the Celtics without Kimball, without him. Not like oh he he dropped four points, he was absent. Without Kimball Walker, he was done. So that just you know proves to me why. Um, why the Celtics are even more legit. But again, I don't know if it's going to translate to West, like if they can beat Western teams like Lakers and, you know, Clippers and Rockets. But they definitely will, they, they can beat these teams easily. I think they could beat the Nuggets. They can beat teams like that. But um, moving on, no one is talking about this guy, but uh, I just wanted to bring him up because someone was talking trash on him. But um, Markel Fultz. No one is talking about Markel Fultz, but I just want to say, guys, this fool is not a bust. He's a number one pick, and he's showing. He's finally able to show why he was the number one pick. 
and honestly he's had better spurts than Lonzo Ball in my opinion because yes Marco Fultz can't shoot yes he was you know uh, out for two years yes he averages like his career averages like eight points three rebounds three assists sure but we have to realize that his averages are skewed heavily he he barely played a, like seasons so his averages are his sample sizes are really uh, you know really low um it doesn't really give a good feel for what who, like who he truly is and then this year you can't even sample him now either and he's still having spurts of potential because this year you still can't really you know uh, rate him yet because he's you know he's getting limited minutes and it's not because um teams are better than him it's because um it's basically just because they what is he's coming off the injury still you know he he didn't play a whole season almost yesterday like last year and people didn't even think he was going to play this year it was like monumental when people said he was going to play and of course he's still going to get limited minutes when he plays so um all i have to say is he is not anywhere near a bust if you check it like he plays 21 minutes if you you know put those to per 36 and i know per 36 can be like random at times but it's really good for rating players because like will chamberlain people swear he's the best player you know oh he was so dominant you you put his stats up he's averaging like like what is it i think his his average is like 24 points and like 13 rebounds that in my opinion does not deserve a top three in the nba association all time 24 and 13 shooting like 42 percent that is not i'm sorry as a big man in the 60s like in the 60s 50s and 60s will chamberlain averaged 24 and like 13 rebounds shooting 50 percent only and i I sound such like a hater on Will Chamberlain, and this is so unrelated to what I'm talking about, Markel Fultz, but this is just relating to per 36, because he's not as good as anyone, everyone wants to tell him. He was ahead of his time, and you know, that sounds cool, like, oh, Will Chamberlain was just ahead of his time, he's such a GOAT, but that doesn't help his legacy, he was ahead of his time, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say he was playing against janitors, and he was doing all this, and yes, he did block Kareem's skyhook twice in a, in a possession, but that's not what I'm talking about, you know, he had a good stint against Kareem, overall against Kareem, he averages 15 points per game, so, like, Come on, and yeah, that was towards the end of his career. But I hate when people bring up that he played against Kareem, because if you, there's like two sides of the story, you're gonna bring up that he played against Kareem, but he averaged 14 points against him, and then you're gonna bring up that he was, you know, old. Then why'd you bring up that he was playing against Kareem? You know, because he was already old. Of course, he's gonna suck. It doesn't matter that he played against Kareem at all. It, it's, it's irrelevant. He was old at his career. It was the end of his career. It's not like he played him in his prime, and we get to really. And it also, it was a young Kareem, so we didn't even get to see what Kareem would do against him, and we didn't get to see what Wilt would do to him. So you can't really compare the two i don't know why people bring that up because he didn't play against cream he played like two years against him and sure he blocked his shot but he also averaged 14 points as a seven foot big man who's supposed to be this you know monster of an athlete but that all i have to say is that that, that was just about per 36 but on to marco fultz um he averages 20 minutes a game and you can put his numbers up you know to scale on a per 36 and i'm only putting that up and it's only relevant to me because um I feel like once he gets healthy and he stops getting off the limits restrictions, he'll help the magic, you know, a lot, like really like so much. And as well as I feel like he's going to get those 33, 34, 35, 36 minutes per game. So that's why I believe per 36 for Marco Fultz is somewhat, you know, reliable. And if you look at his per 36, it's not, it's not number one pick you know worthy but it's like andrew wiggins-esque this year, like two like a couple years ago he'd be averaging 16 points three rebounds and four um assists per 36 
That's what I believe about Marco Fultz. That's a 16-3 and 4, and basically, those are his stats this year applied to per 36. So, this is basically his first year, second year, averaging 16-3 and 4. I mean, it's not, like, crazy, but it's not anything to like it's it's 16 3 and 4 those are great stats for any nba player like if you guys don't know the average um the average nba like points per game is uh nine points per game i think it's like 9.8 so 9.8 and he averages 16 so that's almost you know like one one sixth one one 1.6 times the league average so like <laughs> that's some quick math things but like it's 1.6 times the league average and that's what markel fultz is so obviously guys he is not there was he is he a bust no but can we say that he was um you know deserves to be the number one pick no but he was he'll be a great player and speaking about markel fultz though or speaking about the, the orlando magic i always feel like they need a point guard because they have a shooting guard or small forward evan fournier they have the power forward and eric, small forward power forward and eric gordon aaron gordon they have the center and vucevic they need a point guard to run their offense because you saw how how like beneficial a good point guard is to a team's offense you saw what happened to the suns you saw what happened to you know teams like um you know the clippers if they can get a you know people like no, no not what happened to the clippers but you can see what like questions you know like holes in the the, the clippers roster where like they didn't have a point guard because they're starting pbev like so like people were saying like they don't have a playmaker they don't have someone to run the offense you know so like those are like amazing like those are big questions for a roster and i believe if markel fultz can keep it up and you know he's gonna up his game even more so i can see him averaging 20 you know five and five as a starting point guard for the orlando magic that's amazing you know i think if he can become that point guard for the orlando magic this team will make the playoffs and this team will get somewhere because imagine this of, of a starting lineup you, you have someone like um you have someone like marco fultz evan fournier um terrence ross aaron gordon and nikola vucevic in this east you can make the playoffs and i'm not saying marco fultz is just gonna change the orlando magic and just make them an amazing team but he's gonna do something to the orlando magic if he gets you know 34 35 minutes per game and he gets like the starting spot and he, he could become like the real point guard that the orlando magic need because they need a point guard like this isn't even about marco fultz anymore this is more about the orlando magic right now like they need a point guard if they want to have success because their offense is so bad because they have no one to run the offense that's why at times the clippers look lackluster because they don't really have a a playmaker in pat bev you know they, they they don't really have that so that's why sometimes they look lackluster on the on offense and that's why the orlando magic are like the worst on offense because they don't have a good point guard you know that can run their offense they have a bunch of like you know big men that are good like they need someone that can run the offense like really legitly um uh, speaking of the clippers uh it was paul george's return and man it whew, they are looking amazing uh, no, sorry not not the clippers paul george he is looking actually like he is looking amazing he his stroke is just so smooth like he just looks so nice whenever he shoots he's such a smooth player and i remember me and yosef were like we were like uh, comparing smooth players and like paul george is like number one for smoothest player and i'm not saying like smooth like oh he gets it done just smooth like 
and he does get it done obviously but it wasn't just like smoothest player that is like the best player it was just the smoothest player and that's paul george he is the smoothest player in the nba like he is so smooth and it's not even funny and he showed it against the hawks he showed it against you know um i forgot who else he played uh but he dropped like 37 in 20 minutes, and those are just amazing numbers. I'm not even gonna put it to per 36 because per 36 he's averaging like 64 points or something. So we're not gonna do that. But um, yeah, he is looking great. He still looks kind of slow. Um, he still takes some bad shots, but and I still want to see like how he matches up with Kawhi and how they can get that done. Um. What I do have to say of the Clippers is that I feel like they're missing something. I don't know what it is, but I just feel like they're missing something, and it's it's really bothering me. I, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, maybe it's just that they're playing, you know, you know, poorly. Um, maybe it's just because they're, um, and I say that with a grain of salt because they're still like one of the better teams, even if they're playing badly. They're still gonna win games. Like they could be playing terribly, and they'll still get a, they'll still find a way to win games. But I'm just saying. I just like they're missing something and it might just be because they added Kawhi back and PG so like they're playing together and it just looks different it it doesn't really flow correctly because like it's their first you know couple games but I don't know what it is but um if you guys could tell me I like I feel like they're missing something I don't know if that's just me but it, I feel like there there's something there that the, the Clippers are missing um that like they're not blowing out teams you know that they should be and that's kind of what the Lakers too like I feel like you know the lakers be in some close games so maybe that's just you know the nba season because i've never watched this you know a volume of games where we've been this good like i've never watched the lakers this many times where they've been this good like i don't remember because <laughs> it was 2010 when i was watching that i wasn't watching that much nba i was freaking you know uh eight like what is it eight years old like i wasn't you know an avid fan or i didn't even have the channel <laughs> so like i haven't watched a multitude of games where i'm this good because i don't have you know the warriors channel or not so like i finally have a team that is like i can watch the clippers and the lakers every single night and i can like it, it's i'm so lucky to live in la right now because i can literally like watch the lakers and the clippers play any time any game that they have i can watch every like i can watch like that's just amazing and especially because like and what I mean about the high volume is I've never seen a team like this good play this many amount of games. So I don't really know if they're supposed to be blowing teams out. Like I never watched, you know, I've never watched 20, like 30 games of two like stack teams actually be struggling against like the Hawks or struggling against, you know, um, the OKC Thunder. So like it's, it's just a little weird. Um, but that's just because I haven't like I don't know maybe like the Cavs weren't really beating teams last maybe like the Warriors don't really beat teams sometimes I, I really don't know because like the Lakers and Clippers have been in so many close games for no reason and it, like it's weird it's just weird to watch but um speaking of Paul George as well I uh this is completely unrelated to his return completely unrelated to anything of the Clippers but I want people to stop talking and stop um stop just like having this false narrative of pg's playoff p and saying that he's bad like he literally is amazing in the playoffs and no one talks about it while injured by the way in both shoulders paul george in the playoffs with uh, with um Kawhi Leonard, with russell westbrook 
averaged 28.6 points per game, 8.6 rebounds per game, 3.6 assists per game, with the only with the only plus minus for a starter on OKC, only one is Paul George. And I know plus minus can be such a terrible thing and it, it, it's meaningless, but when you compare it with his teammates, he is significantly better. Russell Westbrook uh, was almost leading the team in in plus minus with a negative like eight. You know, Ferguson had a negative like four. Adams had like a negative six. Everyone was negative except Paul George. Literally, Paul George was the only player with a positive plus minus. And like when you just compare it to him, sure, plus minus. Like if you compare like his plus minus to Kawhi's plus minus, sure, it's 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 meaningless because it's two different teams and you know two different you know everything. It's all about that you know the two different teams they're playing against two different people and all that every single thing. But when you compare it to his own teammates, he he played well in the playoffs. Like how, how can we spread this false narrative that he's trashing? Sure, he got gamed, and sure he had that little meme where he was like, oh. You know, it was a bad shot, but I don't care. He played well in the playoffs, like 29 points, nine rebounds and four assists. If that's not good in the playoffs, that's those were basically his um, MVP numbers, honestly, while injured, by the way, in the playoffs. Sure, so he's going to play more minutes. So his numbers are going to kind of stay the same because he was he was injured, too. So he was still kind of struggling, but it wasn't like it was, he was still shooting well and 29, nine and four on with the only plus minus. Like, come on, man. Come on, bruh. I don't know. I don't know. That's all I wanted to talk about real quick. But um, And he was efficient, too. And, like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you guys can talk about that. I just feel like we put way too much hate on this guy. And we try, like, we, I know he made his comments about playoff P, and then he kind of had a, a, a poor series. It wasn't even poor. But, you know, for his standards, it was poor. But, and then people talked about it again this year, even though he's played amazing this year. Like, he literally, and like, I know he blamed his injury or whatever. People want to say that he blamed his injury, but I don't really care if he said he was injured or not. You know, regardless, like, that's what makes this playoff performance even more, you know, amazing and spectacular. Is that he was injured on both shoulders and averaged 29 points. <laughs> so, like, regardless of the injury, this was still a great performance. Like, 30 points almost. 10 rebounds almost like come on bro come on bro you can't stop you, you gotta stop hating on my boy you know pg he's actually li- <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave that on but um on to my next topic uh mellow makes his return guys mellow carmelo anthony bro i'm so excited i just made a video about it and like i think i talked about that last podcast too but like i just made the video on it and then he comes back let's go baby and he um i I was able to watch his games able to finally watch carmelo anthony in the flesh and we got to see some hezo mellow we got to see some Hezo Mellow. We got to see some, you know, um, so just just Mellow, bruh. I can't even explain it. I'm so happy. I've never, like, was so happy about Carmelo this much for no reason. But just seeing, like, making that video about him being scapegoated just gave me so much respect for Carmelo. And I, I just, like, I was urging for him to get to the league. Urging. And I wasn't one of those disrespectful players saying, like, oh, he's better than KCP. Because KCP is starting to turn up. This is completely unrelated, but stop hating on all the way KCP, bro. 
He plays great defense, and sure, he wasn't shooting well, but he plays great defense, my guys. Does no one understand that? Like, you were not making fun of Pat Bev when he was shooting 28%, still playing great defense, because he's playing great defense. KCP was playing great defense. Come on, guys. And now he's starting to shoot. Come on, bro. He's starting to actually splash. Like, he started, I think, like, the past five games, and he's been, been in double digits every single game. So stop capping on my boy KCP, bro. But back to Melo. I'm so happy, bro. I'm so happy about my boy, Melo. He finally gets his, you know, return. And um, what I do have to say is the Blazers are just weird to watch. And, you know, this is completely unrelated to Melo. But the Blazers are missing, you know, those key pieces. They lost Harkless. They lost Aminu. And I don't think they're ever going to be the same, you know. They're, they're just not going to be the same. It's just, it's just facts. They're not going to be the same. It, it just, it just happens what it is. They're not going to win anything. They probably won't even make the playoffs. I don't believe they'll make the playoffs, you know, because they don't have a menu. They don't have Arkless. Like I, people are saying they'll, they'll get it together, but their, their, their start is even worse than the the Rockets start two years ago when they lost the Risa. And yeah, it's just they're not going to win games without a menu and Harkless. And um, they also lost, you know, Zach Collins. You know, they're not going to win games. I'm sorry, guys. If you're a Blazers fan and you had your great, you know, peak run to the Western Conference Finals, but you're not even touching the postseason this year, and I'm not a hater. It's just you guys, you don't have enough defense, and you guys suck on defense. <laughs> no, no, I'm a hater, dog. Y'all, y'all suck on defense. Y'all are, y'all are terrible on defense. You guys actually, like, are terrible on defense. You guys aren't good at all. Like, you have no defense. Like... Dame and CJ don't play defense, but it was all right because like two of their starters, Harkless and Aminu, play defense. But now they have no defense. They suck. Like they actually suck at defense. Like they're starting Melo. Like he's not gonna play defense. And nothing against Melo, but he's not gonna play defense. And they're you know they used to start Kent Bazemore. He's not gonna play defense. So they're not. They they have no defenders anymore, and they're not gonna win if you don't have defense. And I'm not saying you need a lot of defense, but you need some defense. And they don't have any defense, so they're not gonna win. But um. Yeah, shout out to my boy Melo. First game, they didn't play with him at. They didn't play to him. What is? It? They didn't play. Uh, they didn't play uh, at him. You know, they didn't give him the ball ever, like many times. And that's why I believe he shot poorly because he was given the ball many times, with, like four seconds, three seconds. And you know, he wasn't really given a lot of work. You know, a lot of room to do. And then in the game where I feel like they still weren't looking at him because I think that's just the Blazers' offense. I don't think they look for people when they're hot. And they don't really, you know, pass the ball too much. It's more like, literally, what the Blazers do is they get the rebound. And if it's not a guard getting the rebound, they'll pass it to a guard, whoever's the nearest one. And then they'll run pick and roll immediately. Or they'll run an ISO immediately. And it, if there is a pass, it'll be because they drove and kick. But there's no passing going on. It's literally... Whoever gets the rebound, go and get your ISO on. Go and get your, you know, uh, pick and roll going on. They don't pass it a lot. And I'm pretty sure that's why they're, like, 28th in assists or, like, last in assists. Because they don't pass the ball. Like, they don't pass it. Like, Melo could go, like, seven possessions without getting the ball. Like, literally. And, like, I think he still shot, like, 41%. Had 18 points, seven rebounds, and four assists. Like, that's... the Come on, boy. That's Melo. Like, no one is saying Melo's going to be an amazing player. No one is saying that. No one's saying he's going to average 25 again. But 18-7-4 for a guy's second game back is... <laughs> Come on. He hasn't played in almost a year. And he just dropped 18-7-4. If those aren't goaded stats, I don't know what are. Because, like... 
if I didn't play in a year and I dropped 18-7 and 4 in my second game back, I, you, you, you'd feel like you'd be winded a bit or you'd be, you know, a little rusty. Because I know even though that he played basketball, I still feel like you would be a little rusty because you're in you're on the NBA court now. You know what I mean? But I don't know. That's my boy Melo. But um, that's all I wanted to say about Melo. Um, just that I'm so excited that he's back. And um, honestly, I can just see him being another OKC guy. 15 points, 41%, 50, like 30, 30, like 34, 37, 34 to 36, sorry, 34 to 36, like percentage from three. You know, he's not going to be amazing efficiency wise. He's not going to, you know, produce like at a really, really high level, but he's going to give you the 15, 16 points, you know, coming off the bench or not coming off the bench. It doesn't really matter. He's going to get you 15 points. And I, and he did it in 30 minutes, so I think he can do it in, you know, like 30, 30, 34. And I think he should get those minutes because they don't have anyone else that deserves those minutes on the Blazers. So I'm sorry. And I'm not talking trash. Again, I'm not saying like, oh, KCP. But I'm just saying they just don't, they need shooters. And Melo at 35% from three is remarkable. And I think they should hit him because last year, what you guys saw what happened was the, if you guys do remember the Warriors versus Blazers series where they got swept, the Warriors would just double Cur- uh, Curry. They would just double Dame and CJ whenever they got the ball and whenever they would drive, which would force them to kick to shooters. But they had Harkless and the Minu, who weren't the greatest shooters last year, and that's why they were able to 4 0 them. And if you guys do know, they tried to double Kawhi the same they did with Dame and CJ, and it didn't work because they were able to give it to Siakam in the corner, who was somewhat, he was kind of consistent. And they, they, they were giving it to, you know, players like Van Fleet. You know, Kyle Lowry still existed. So, you know, they tried to double the stars like they did with Dame and CJ, but it didn't work because they, the role players of the Toronto Raptors were just that much more, that, that more superior but um so yeah that's why i believe you know Melo does deserve those minutes over kent baysmore because he shoots better than him but um yeah uh and i want to bring it back to this one is not call uh not um nba you know i usually make nba podcasts but this one is not uh really nba oriented but i just wanted to talk about this before um real quick because it is a week recap and it is a big news because it will have to do with the nba soon and i just want to talk about james wiseman and his little fine so he's been um he's been fined 12 games so he'll come back january and he has to pay he has to give like twelve thousand dollars to his to a charity of his own choice and it just like NCAA is so oh my gosh dude how okay okay I know James Wiseman is gonna get that money and he probably has that money but I just want to know if you're an actual student and you got fine like this is NCAA taking advantage of superior players because of course players like Zion players like RJ Baird they had that kind of money they did but like because I know people say they don't get paid but they do get paid in some type of way but like players like you know or now they do they get paid but players you know like say some d2 player got this kind of fine you know actually here here here's why i'm saying the ncaa is you know taking advantage because they're not going to do this to a d2 player they're not going to find them they're going to get that money like what was the point in you know making him spend something to a charity let's just take an event like oh i'm just going to take his money like and even if it's not how is he supposed to get this money if he actually didn't if he actually doesn't have this money how is he supposed to get it like (laughs) you're not you're not paying him as an ncaa you know um as like 
you know, the admissions, you're not gonna play, you know, uh, pay James Wiseman. I know you're not, you know, you're not paying him. You're not gonna pay him and you're not gonna give him any money. So where is he gonna get that $12,000? Where is he supposed to get $12,000? Tell me who has $12,000 as an 18 year old right now. Tell me. And they better, like, who, who like, I wanna know all the 18 year olds who have 12,000 in their bank account just real quick to just give to a charity like come on my guy like they're spending it on <laughs> come on my guy that's just so dumb that's so dumb I, I wouldn't be surprised if you just start seeing a slow gradual like trend to you know like uh euro league basketball and I, I don't know i just feel like that's so bizarre oh my gosh like yeah yikes that's a yikes but um yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk about that. But um, on to uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh my gosh, Whoa. they're legit, guys. Did you guys hear that? They're legit. They are a legit team, guys. And I know their record says otherwise, they're like five and eleven or something. But trust me, guys, the OKC Thunder are legit. And I feel like they, they've missed a lot of games, which does, you know, show a weak team, yeah, because they're not being able to close out games because they've been in a lot of close games. But what I want to say is I can see them as a 7th, 8th seed, and they will give some problems to the Clippers, give some problems to the Rockets, give some problems to the Nuggets, Lakers, whoever's the first seed. I, I, I truly do see that, and I, trust me, guys, like, this team, I, I've seen them play the Clippers and the Lakers twice. So, it's making this noise again. I don't know what this noise is. I hope it goes away. I'm going to stop talking real quick and see if it happens. I am so confused. I guess it just goes off every 20 minutes. I don't know. I don't know what the frick that noise is. But, um, yeah. Uh, back to um, the Thunder. I can see them giving problems. And I've seen them play the Clippers. And I've seen them play the Lakers twice. And in three, all three games, they've had close games all three of them they've had really close games they're legit they just they like people they wanted to s swear that they wouldn't make the playoffs just because like they um actually they're not 5 and 11 or they're like i don't know what the record is they're like 7 and 10 or no they haven't played that many games what are they oh my gosh what are the thunder i'm gonna look them up right now like actually i'm gonna look up the oklahoma let, be, let me be back real quick bro i'm actually gonna look up the thunder because i'm so confused I feel like they're not as bad as they're even with the record says they are. Let me see. Thunder. Can I spell thunder, please? Thunder standings. Because I swear that they um were like had like 11 losses, but that doesn't sound right because that's like Portland Trailblazer level. They're 5 and 10. Okay, yeah. So they're 13th in the West right now. They're 5 and 10. But yeah, uh, on to that though. Yeah, yeah, the record is not that. It shouldn't be that bad, though, because they played a lot of good games. They played a lot of good games, and they lost a lot of good games. And all I have to say is that they're a really good team, and they're resilient. They, they remind me kind of of, like, the Clippers, and I know that they have a lot of Clipper players, so it's kind of weird, but, like, um, it's kind of ironic, you know? But, or kind of like a duh moment, but they do remind me of the Clippers a lot. Like, they're resilient, you know, they're they're not going to win you know a series like in you know against the thunder the, what's the clippers or the rockets or the hornets or the nuggets hornets or the lakers or the, the nuggets or the rockets but 
they will give a really 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 strong fight to those teams and i'm not saying like you know they're gonna go to seven or maybe even they won't even go to six but they're gonna give you like five you know strong games where they're just playing their mind out and they're just playing actually amazing you know as a team and it's all about team chemistry with these kind of guys because they're not gonna have an all-star and they're not gonna have you know this this leader honestly like a leader leader you know they're gonna just be this all-star team and also team they're just gonna be this player of uh oh my can i not speak they're gonna be this team of just so many great players that just you know um great role players you know let me clarify so many great role players and players that are just have great chemistry and they're gonna bond and they're gonna do a lot of things great and good and they're gonna make it tough for whoever they play i'm not saying they're gonna win games but they're gonna make it tough and it, it you know that could you know that series could be like a series you don't want to play because you know that ends up being a series that uh kind of wears you out as a team for the postseason and you got to go play like an actual you know uh comp team like imagine if the lakers had to like fight five hard games maybe even an overtime maybe even a loss how to play like five six games and they play the clippers in the second round they play the nuggets you know or the rockets you know it's it's tiring so i could see you know things like that happening but um yeah and on to my team that is doing really good right now the what is it the freaking dallas mavericks my guy the dallas mavericks are nine and five right now ten and five something like that and luka Doncic is the most efficient player in the nba association right now like ever all time he has the most efficient rating or something like that and i know that'll probably go down or whatever but like he is playing out of his mind and he has a great look for you know um mvp and all i have to say about them it's gonna be short probably like a minute or two comment but all i have to say about luka Doncic for mvp is that i don't believe his team is gonna be you know um good enough i don't think they're gonna get to you know that fifth succeed i think they'll fall a little bit i'm not sure though actually because they're looking really good they're 10 and 5 right now so that's literally like clipper rocket level so they're not looking bad but what i have to do what i do have to say is that i do believe they'll fall off but we'll see what we'll actually see because if they can get to that 15 russell westbrook got mvp so i can see it in luka Doncic, but I just don't think they're going to be far enough um, up in the standings to be able to actually get that, you know, um, to get that. So, I, because I, I don't know, I don't want to hate on them, but at the same time, I just don't think that they they have enough in them, you know, uh, as an organization to keep on winning. But we'll see what happens, because honestly, they have one of the better benches. Um, they have Kristaps Porzingis. Um, they're 10 and 5 right now. And the only they're in the sixth seed right now and i can see them staying there honestly and the teams they'd have to beat are lakers nuggets rockets clippers and the jazz and those are the only teams i don't see them really beating and, you know i can see them beating the suns the timberwolves of course teams like that but like all the other teams i'm not really sure guys so i don't know about luka Doncic being mvp but it's a, it's plausible if they can get to that fifth maybe fourth seed because they're they're close i don't know if they can somehow squeeze into the fifth or fourth seed it's going to be close but if they can get there i definitely believe luka Doncic can be the youngest mvp in the nba ever but i do believe if he's the sixth seventh seed it's going to go to the los angeles lakers i mean uh, los angeles lakers lebron james honestly like i do think that but we'll see what happens guys i don't really know i'm kind of excited i want to see how the Mavs do because if they keep it up i can see luka Doncic getting that mvp so easily 
But um, yeah, I really can see that. And uh, y'all see Zach Levine, what he said about Jim uh, Jim Boylan? He said there's no trust with him as a coach. And I feel like when uh, when players say this about their coaches, uh, it's not a really good sign for the coach, not the player, the coach, because it, it shows it shows that one, you don't respect your coach because you can talk about him like this. Two, you're not happy with team success because of what, and you believe it's because of the coach. And then three, you, you know, uh, like you just don't like the coach. <laughs> like it's that easy, you know? So I believe that, you know, and I do believe it could be the coach because the Bulls have pieces. Like they have a lot of pieces and you think they'd be good because they have Kobe White. They have Thomas Sadoransky. And I know people are going to make fun of me for saying that, but he's good. He's good. He's not amazing, but he's a good role player. They have Zach Levine. They have Thad Young. They have, um, you know, uh, Laurie Markkinen. They have Wendell Carter. They have Otto Porter Jr. They have so many pieces, and in the East, they should be making the playoffs. Like, I don't see any reason why, you know, the Chicago Bulls should be 6-11 right now in the East, honestly. They have so many young pieces that I think they can do it. So maybe it does have to do with the coach, uh, the coaching, you know. Maybe it, there is something there that, you know, is going on that the Bulls, you know, players aren't happy. And, you know, they're not playing up to their standards, you know. And they're not playing, you know, really, really efficiently because of the coaching. Because coaching plays a long part. You saw what Mark Jackson was able to do with those Warriors, you know. You saw what, you know. Luke Walton is doing to the Kings right now. They were supposed to be a you know a kind of contending eighth you know eighth seventh seed this year you know, and they're like six and nine right now. So you know it's just like you you, you know coaching has a lot of things to do like, uh, and I've seen it too. I've been on a basketball team where coaching was kind of poor, and you know the players are upset with the coach. The players don't want to play for the coach. The players believe that the coach is bad and that the coach is, you know, not, you know, um, teaching them correctly and not, you know, having them produce at such an effective rate, you know, like, and it, it could be a lot of coaching things and it could just be the players, you know, but I'm just saying these comments don't make it really well for the coach. And I think he can be out of here by this year because if they, if they continue their struggles, because like I said, when a player says something like that publicly, the coaching usually suffers. It's not going to be the player. But, um, yeah, that's all I had to say. I'm going to end it off there. Coaching does matter, guys. So, parenting does matter. You know what I'm saying, guys? So, like I'm saying, about the coaching, obviously, it's not going to... You can't make your players play well. But if you teach them some lessons and you make them want to play for you, I think, you know, you can get some success. But, um, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Um, I know I said it was going to be short and it ended up being, like, 50 minutes. But, um... Yeah, anyways, uh, enjoy the podcast. Next one out on a weekday or maybe the weekends. Maybe I'm filling the weekend ones just only. I don't know. Um, give me some topics to topic, talk about. Or maybe I'll do a poll on my IG. Uh, but yeah, anyways, hope you guys enjoy the podcast. And I'm out, guys. Peace.